And now, this is the DDT Wrestling Podcast with DC Matthews and Doc Manson. Good evening there, wrestling fans. This is DC Matthews at DC Matthews NAI. Welcome to DDT Wrestling, joined as always by Doc Manson at Doc Manson. Doc, we are 24 hours or so after NXT TakeOver, the end of the beginning. Do you feel like it's a new day in NXT? Um, I guess so, uh, at DC Matthews NAI. I guess uh, NXT has turned a new leaf, leaving behind, shedding its image of a developmental promotion, and graduating into a place where a tag team can win a championship, becoming the first ever two-time champions in NXT. Are you sold on the revival now? No. I still don't really know which one's which, but they had a heck of a match last night. I, I'm telling you, I have, I've made many predictions, and we all know I've made many predictions. But the one that I'm probably one, one of the ones that I'm the most proud of is the revival being tag team champions. I didn't know they'd do it twice, but that was to me just like with Takeover Dallas. That was the match of the night. Those two teams, they can fight forever as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I actually do think that probably was the match of the night. It was excellent back and forth, high energy, high stakes. Uh, Super, super entertaining for sure. Now, I did not get the, you know, and perhaps I fell victim to the hype, uh, but I did not feel like this was the end of anything in particular. Um, it was a good show, a very quality wrestling show that I enjoyed watching, but I don't feel any differently about NXT than I did before, and perhaps that's by design, but I didn't get the feeling that this was its own brand by any stretch of the imagination. So what did I miss? Tell me, what did I miss? You don't think NXT is its own brand? I don't... I don't feel like it's any less of a brand than it was two weeks ago. You know, they made it out to be like this was going to be this big moment. And I don't feel like we had a big moment. So am I I wrong in feeling slightly disappointed by that? I'm not sure, honestly. Um, I think we don't know what's going to really happen to NXT until we see what happens with the draft. I think that... Last night, them saying that this was the end of the beginning. I, as I, you know, said before, I sort of think they're what they intended to say, what they intended to get across, is that this is the end of NXT as a purely developmental promotion. Um, I think now NXT is a because honestly, before if if you see NXT as just being a place for development to happen. 
There's no reason for someone to stick around long enough to become a two-time champion. If you win the NXT championships, you ought to be moving on to the main roster because you've done it. You've climbed to the top of your division. You've proved that you're able to handle that. I mean, ideally, right? There are probably some individuals who might earn a championship, and that's an important step in developmental to see how somebody you know, is able to carry as a champion. I understand that. But by the time your championship reign is over, the first one... At that point, you're a known quantity, at least I would think. Um, now, the Revival maybe is a unique case, because when they f- had their first tag team championship, I had no idea who they were. I really didn't have any positive impression of them, even as wrestlers. They didn't have any standout matches that I really remember. But this feud that they've had with American Alpha... They've really shown me that, oh, man, these guys can go. Um, Now I know that one of them is Dash and the other one is Dawson. I know the two names. I think one of them has a dash of hair. That's how I'm supposed to remember it. Um, And the other one's bald. So, you know, I'm, I'm getting there. They're showing me something. But, yeah, getting back to NXT and what's happening with that brand, if this really is a place where now you can climb to the top of your division multiple times... Oh, I don't know that that's a developmental brand anymore. What do you think about that, DC? Well, okay. If that's where we're going, if that's what I'm supposed to get out of it, is that this is no longer a stepping stone. NXT is no longer necessarily the place you go to get from development to the main roster. If that is the case, then... I'm fine with it. And the Revival being the bridge, being the first two-time champions, is fine with me. And I think, like you said, we'll see what happens with the draft. They brought up, I believe, on the NAI pod post-show last night, this notion that, potentially, you could see NXT actually being in the draft and being able to draft talents either from their own pool or perhaps from the WWE pool. I'm kind of interested in that in some way. So I mean, they're already doing it, so they might as well institutionalize it, right? If NXT is a WWE brand, well, I mean, Zack Ryder went back to NXT, right? Mm-hmm. They've done this with a couple of superstars before. Tyson Kidd, uh, for instance, So, I mean, I could see, you know, NXT still being, to some degree, the place... I mean, depending on how things pan out. There's so many different possibilities right now. But if NXT remains on the WWE Network, you could see it as still being the place where there's more of a focus on talents that they feel have something to to prove. But I, I, I don't know that that's what NXT has really been. For the last year or so. There's been so many people on that roster who just landed, you know, as already as established superstars that, you know, we're talking Nakamura, we're talking Finn Balor, we're talking Samoa Joe, Austin Aries. Those guys, there's, there's no development for them, as far as I'm concerned, going on. Mm-hmm. Um, they need to learn where the cameras are. That's pretty much it. Yeah, which I really don't think is something that, you know warrants a year in you know a developmental uh, company mm-hmm. well I will be interested to see what happens I would be very interested if 
you know, we have Shane and Stephanie, Raw and SmackDown. If Triple H were to become the de facto third GM, so to speak, although William Regal, I suppose, would fill that role. But that would be interesting to me. And it would be interesting if NXT is considered to some degree on par with Raw and SmackDown. You know, that means they're going to get essentially a top three pick. Could we see a world in which a guy like AJ Styles or a guy like Dean Ambrose is drafted to NXT. How would that work is another thing I'm curious about. You know, I, yeah. I, I don't have a problem with it, but I could see other people having a problem with it is they're going to consider that a step down if a guy like, dare I say it, Roman Reigns or Seth Rollins is suddenly drafted to NXT you know, is that going to be considered a demotion? Because that's how it's been perceived up until now. When Zack Ryder shows up on NXT, when Tyson Kidd shows up on NXT, that's seen as a step backwards. I think that depends on what happens to NXT in the immediate future. Um, we're talking about NXT with the assumption, I think, that it remains a network-exclusive show. But what if it did go to USA Network? Um, then it really would be closer to being on par with the other two shows. Uh, and I don't know at that point how you really differentiate those brands. Back in the day, Raw and SmackDown, the only difference was one was red and one was blue. I mean, really. NXT right now, to me, has a unique identity. They tell simpler stories. They don't get so involved with these gimmick matches. They seem less inclined to try to sell it to a mainstream audience. Um... I don't know how you put NXT on USA and make it still feel like NXT. At that point, I think it just becomes another carbon copy of Raw and SmackDown, which isn't really what anybody wants, is it? I wouldn't think so. You know, they've talked about, I think it was on, maybe it was on the Triple H post-show conference call or whatever it was. But somebody has said at some point that everyone who thinks they want NXT to become this bigger brand that's on par with Raw and SmackDown, the second it happens, you're going to hate it. And I think it would lose a little something. I'm all for it getting out of Full Sail. I don't know how you felt about the Full Sail crowd, but... It was fine. You know, I, I enjoyed some of their antics. Um, I thought them singing Nakamura's theme, which we'll get to on a couple of different points uh, here, was cool the first time, and then they did it two or three more times, and it kind of, you know, lost its luster there. Um, but, you know, I, I'm, very, I'm interested. I'm interested. I didn't feel this. Maybe this just means, you know, if Finn Balor is going to be moving on, which... You could argue that it could be, because what else does he have to do? He's not going to beat Samoa Joe. He's lost now multiple times. Uh, you know, Maybe it's the end of this particular draft class, all of us forgetting Hideo Itami ever existed, and you know, focusing Ooh. on this new class. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, focusing on this new class. Um, I enjoyed the show, so let's kind of go through it uh, a piece at a time. What are your thoughts on Andrade Cien? Almas. Um, I don't know. It was a good match, but I did feel like he was sort of... He was not as fluid as maybe I expected him to be, but 
overall, it was a good athletic contest, absolutely. Um, Ty Dillinger looked like an idiot during his entrance, but otherwise um, did very well, as he tends to do. He looked and, amazing. Um, come on. He looked he was wearing, amazing. He was wearing the exact same thing Nia Jax wore later. They're clearly going to the same outlets. Well, you know, Full Sail's a small place. There's only a certain number of places you can shop down there mm-hmm. in Full Sail. So, uh-huh. um, I, you know... It, it was. I I keep. Coming. He was dressed very unfortunately. I'm talking about the other guy now, whatever his name is, because I haven't learned it yet. Andrade uh, dro- Cien Almas. Right, Andre. When Andre uh, walked <laughs> to the ring in his whito um, slacks and suspenders and the hat with the plume in it, I was like, somebody has made a terrific, terrific error. In judgment, um, well, and, but then he shed most of that stuff. Yes. when he actually went to wrestle. Yes, so I mean that was okay. But I, I don't yeah, think we don't see that. I don't think we see the hat with the feather again because on that post conference call, Triple H said he wasn't really sure what was going on with that. He looked like he was trying to be the Godfather or Savio Vega from Los Bariquas, which is probably a stable you don't even remember. Um, all at the same time, he, you know, and it, it just, it did not work for me. Like you said, a terrific error. It was an, a nice try, but unless he's forming a team with No Way Jose in the near future, no. Um, my only complaint with that match was it was only five minutes long, and I get it. You was had it other really? stories. Yeah, five minutes and 21 seconds. It felt it, longer. It, it, it was, I, you know, and I keep, I, I keep I don't saying mean that. It. I don't mean that in a negative way, but it did feel longer. I, I keep coming back to, it was a nice little match. The crowd was very into Ty Dillinger. Um, I think he could have won that match, and you still would have come away with, hey, this Andrade guy's got some pretty cool moves. The double moonsault was something I haven't seen before. Uh, his finisher was... kind of cool, the knees to the corner that was kind of neat but you know, I I found myself wanting more I thought his handstand on the turnbuckle was kind of a lousy move the first time it looked like he was going to topple over and then the second time was so badly telegraphed, I was like, even I would have kicked him in the face (laughs) it was quite a kick though, that was quite a super kick it was, it was, in fact I'd say, on a Scale of one to ten, I might rate it a perfect ten. That kick. Hey now. Um. So yeah. So you know, I'll be interested to see where they go uh, with both of these talents. You know, again, if it's a if it's its own brand, maybe there's a reason for Ty Dillinger to stay. But if we're going, you know, if we're presuming that WWE is the next step, I I think he's ready. You know, he might not get a legitimate shot on Raw or SmackDown, but. He's ready. Let's let's. So here's him. a question I have for you related to this uh, match. It sure. really came up, I think, on the post show last night. The uh, New Age Insiders on their podcast, which people should go and listen to if they have not. Um, but they brought up the idea of NXT having a mid card title of some kind. Yes, they did. Um, you know, and I don't know what your thoughts are on this. I'm sort of mixed. I think it could be helpful because I think that part 
of the roster, you know, could use something to focus its efforts upon. I mean, clearly there are guys there who are not going to be getting title shots in the near future. They're not going to be in that main event scene. There's just too many of these indie all-stars that have been brought into the company. I don't see Ty Dillinger, you know, within the next six months, well, maybe six months, but not in the next three months getting a title shot. He'd have to really do some magic to make it in the next six months. But, I mean, six months is a long time away, which is why I say that. But um, the only thing, the problem I have with the mid-card title in NXT is I feel like that I feel like the mid-card titles on Raw and SmackDown pigeonhole people. You end up being, oh, he's just a mid-card guy. He's, he's, he's a guy who could win the Intercontinental Championship, but you're never going to see him fighting for the heavyweight belt. And that's my concern for NXT. I think having a mid-card title again would focus that portion of the division. It might be beneficial in some ways, but in other ways, these are guys who haven't really even had a chance necessarily to sell themselves to a mainstream audience. But if in NXT they're already getting just pigeonholed into, well, you're just a mid-card guy, I think that, to me, is disappointing. Because you know when those people make it to the main roster that that's how management already sees them, and they're never going to get that greater opportunity. But I guess you could already argue that that's the way it happens anyways, right? Because nobody really thought that Tyler Breeze was going to go to the main roster and be in the main event. I didn't. I don't know about you. Um, Baron Corbin's a guy who I thought, well, maybe he could have gone to the main event on the main roster. I don't know. Um, So maybe he's the exception to my rule. I I don't know. DC, what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts? You've heard me ramble long enough. I, I was enjoying every second of it. I think it comes down to... You know, right now, I I wouldn't necessarily say there is a mid card in NXT. You've got your main event. Incorrect. You've got your main event level guys. You've got your enhancement level guys. And Ty Dillinger right now is a very popular, very polished enhancement talent. We saw that last night. Um, you know, Nakamura and Aries, I suppose you would classify as mid-card right now, but I only think that's their kind of only because Samoa Joe's fighting somebody else. I don't necessarily... Well, know, didn't they technically have a number one contenders match last night? I'm assuming that's what it is, in which case, you know, Shinsuke moves up to becoming the number one contender and Austin Aries does something, which again, we'll get to, I'm sure, when we talk about that match more in detail, but... I think if they're going to have a mid-card title, they have to have a show that's longer than 60 minutes. You know, And I think we're going to have this conversation, where we already had this conversation when we're talking about SmackDown. If NXT wants to be considered a legitimate brand, it has to go live, and it has to be longer than an hour. I don't and think it has to go live, um, but it's got to be more than an hour at least to start. Um, they can bring the live in later. They just what mm-hmm. they need to do is they need to record more often, as opposed to um, getting all the shows churned out at once. Which is fine too. If they recorded every two weeks and they did two shows every two weeks, that would be fine too. Uh, but I think it needs to be at least ninety minutes long. Two hours would be 
perhaps more preferable. And if you had a two-hour show, then yeah, create the WWE Network title, which is their version of a TV title, and you know that person is on just about every NXT show uh, defending that belt. And that's a belt you can give to a guy like Ty Dillinger for a few months. Because Ty Dillinger, let's face it, I love him. He is the perfect 10. But he is never going to be, just like Tyler Breeze, if he wins an Intercontinental or U.S. title, his career has peaked. You know, if he gets a even a Zack Ryder kind of moment where he wins a belt at a big event like WrestleMania, that's probably all he can ask for. Um, in that company, and you have to have guys like that, and so I think a mid-card title would be nice, but it has to come with a longer show. They're already having enough problems telling their stories in 60 minutes. If you add another belt with everything that that comes with, and still in 60 minutes, it's never going to work. But I did remember, I didn't hear them talking about it. Uh, So, we talked about the tag match. Uh, you know, American Alpha and Revival. So my question to you is, branching off of that, if we're in an era now where we can have two-time champions, who is the next two-time champion in the mind of Doc Manson at Doc Manson? That is a great question. Thank you. Um, I'm going to say... I mean, who in the company is a one-time champion? The only ones I can think of are tag teams, and then there's Finn Balor and Bailey. Are there any others? Uh, not currently on the NXT roster, but you know, we saw a guy like Neville in the crowd, looking like a bearded hobo. True. Um, True. So, you know, I could I could envision a world where a guy like that or a guy like Bo Dallas were to come back to NXT and perhaps claim that title. I think Bailey is the most logical answer right now, um, especially since now that Asuka has defeated I, Nia that's, Dax. I think that's... And I think that's only true, though, because Finn Balor lost last night. Um I actually I feel like he's more likely to be a guy that they're just going to give cuz I mean let's face it we're talking about a world where Roman Reigns is already a three-time champion the way that they're behind Finn Balor he should already be a 3 4 5 6 8 time world he's a guy like Randy Orton who's just going to rack these things up mm-hmm. um so I would have said him but since he lost last night I don't see how that feud continues without just being utterly bored by it. Um, no, I think we're heading to uh, Shinsuke versus Samoa Joe. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say that's your main event for uh, we're going to get TakeOver Brooklyn again. You know, I think when last we spoke, um, the belief was that they weren't going to do a TakeOver to go along with SummerSlam. That has now changed. Uh, that's not what I said. I said that they were changing the logo on publication materials and that show would be back until in due time and i was right just want to throw it out there that is why you deserve more praise i believe is the the tagline from last week's show i do i do deserve more praise thank you for (laughs) acknowledging it dc not a problem thank you 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 deserve more praise 
That's <laughs> I didn't get that, an NAI pod last night. That's for sure. Well, they they had a busy couple of nights talking to you know uh, famous trainer Mike Kahlo on Tuesday, and then covering NXT Takeover last night. Um, that's true. That's true. And that was a good interview, by the way. If anybody out there did not listen to that show, uh, I'd recommend that you check out the New Age Insiders. Absolutely, they had a great interview. A guy who you know worked with or worked alongside Triple H has trained Damian Sandow, Sasha Banks, uh, Kofi Kingston, among others. Darren Young, who will be made great again, apparently, by Bob Backlund, somehow. Anyways, we're talking about NXT. Um, What are your thoughts on the so-called authors of Pain and apparently their manager, the returning Hall of Famer, Precious Paul Ellering? Um, Who is that again? Well, that's what the fans wanted to know, though I'm hoping that they were more talking about the Authors of Pain. And I I do want to give NXT credit. We're so used to seeing surprise debuts from established talents. It has been a long time since a surprise debut has occurred and it's somebody we've never heard of. I had a, you know, it was very similar to when Braun Strowman kind of made his debut in WWE as the member of the Wyatt family. You know, some of us had seen pictures of him or we had seen him as one of Adam Rose's rosebuds, but here was a guy seemingly out of nowhere and this is what's happening with these authors of pain. So, you know, I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah. I mean, I do think that was kind of cool. But I will say this about the Authors of Pain. If Paul Ellig had not been with them, I don't know that I would have known what to make of that at all. Like, I didn't think they had a particularly good look. Um, I didn't feel like they had a particularly good-looking... Yeah, move set or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I think I just would have been scratching my head, like, who are these large men? Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, at least the manager part of it, to me, that's actually the intriguing part. Why is he with these guys? If he had not been there, I think that would have fallen a lot flatter than it did. So, credit. I, I don't think I guess, you're wrong necessarily uh, to the returning. Uh, yeah, I, so like is that I don't, a nice way of saying that you agree with me? Um, to some extent. I don't know that it would have fallen super flat. You have these two guys. Now, granted, they had been on NXT house shows in masks. And I get why you're not going to go wearing these glorified, like, gas masks or Bane masks um, out to the ring, but you lose a little something when you take that mystique away. If Kane had made his debut looking like Glenn Jacobs, no one would have cared. Um, In fact, they tried that, and nobody cared. Well, there you go. Um, Their moveset, you know, that first tag team move that they did reminded me, it was pretty much almost exactly what the club uses, the boot of doom. I believe is the name, or it was at least a very close uh, comparison to that. Um, you know, I do think Paul Ellering helps, but I'm not sure. You know, I think it still would have worked. These two guys, there would have been some questions. Who are these guys? Why did they attack American Alpha? What's going on? Uh, but adding the the wrinkle of Paul Ellering, 
and that's not a criticism. He looked in phenomenal shape, considering he's probably in his 60s, if not older. Uh, does make You're the worst. I'm just saying. Does make me curious. Uh, so I'll be interested in seeing that. And it gives American Alpha something else to do. And now the revival can move on to helping this tag division, whether it's TM61, whether it's uh, Champa and Gargano, they can be moving on with some other teams. Uh, but again, like I said, that match stole the show, though I really also enjoyed uh, Shinsuke versus Austin Aries. Your thoughts, Doc Manson? Um, so during that match, I tweeted out asking a question, and that question basically was, was this the showing from Austin Aries that everyone has been waiting for in NXT? Um, and, you know, t- the tweets that I received seemed to indicate that, yes, that match was what people had been sort of waiting for so that they would they could get it. They could finally understand what it is that Austin Aries has to offer. Um, I went back and forth during that match. There were times where I was much more invested and excited about what was going on. And then there was some moments where I was kind of like, well... Okay, this is starting to drag. But then, there was a Death Valley driver on the apron, and then Nakamura knocked his teeth out of his head, and that was all pretty good. So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, overall, I think it was a really strong match. I, I still I still feel some sort of disconnect towards uh, Mr. Aries, this greatest man to ever live. But um, it was definitely the strongest showing that he's had to date in NXT. And... It was, you know, it was a solid match. Okay. Not as good as the tag match, but it was no, solid. No, I would give, you know, and I, I did go ahead in the car today on the way to work. Um, I did go ahead and grade these matches. The Revival versus American Alpha, A+. Plus. You know, that that was as good as, good as they had in Dallas, which was quite possibly the best tag team match I've ever seen. So... You know that that had high praise. Nakamura and Aries was not as good, but it was not much worse. Um, and yes, this was the Austin Aries arrival that I had been waiting for. Um, a lot of people were still kind of like, yeah, well, it was okay, it was better, um, but it wasn't exactly what we were hoping for. But he did so much better than we've seen in the past that I'm willing to overlook the fact that he wasn't exactly how I remember him from TNA. You know, the thing that I think is missing from Austin Aries is I don't feel like he's really had an opportunity to go out there and just be a cocky son of a gun. Mm -hmm. Like, that is what he does best. Just going out of there, being full of himself, believing that he is the greatest man to ever live and getting that across... In just the swagger, this demeanor, I don't think he's had a chance to get that character across. Mm-hmm. And I think he's, I think he is more charismatic than he is, you know, a fantastic wrestler. Not to take anything away from his wrestling skills, he is very, very good. Um, but I just think maybe there is more to his charisma, the persona about him than we really realized previously, and I think maybe that's what's been lacking from his run in NXT. Well, and he fell victim to 
you know, the classic NXT debuting wrestler formula, which is new guy shows up, crowd goes wild, somebody currently on the roster takes issue with that. We saw it with Hideo Itami and the Legionnaires. We saw it with uh, Finn Balor. And we saw it with Austin Aries. Austin Aries came out and all of a sudden Baron Corbin, who is a heel, has a problem with him. So Austin Aries can't be that, as you put it, the cocky son of a gun because now he's in a position where he's got to be a babyface who's been attacked and is seeking vengeance. It would have been interesting to see him come in, as you said, completely in that persona and, you know, he takes out an NXT superstar, not named Baron Corbin, and, you know, he's the guy who's making the statement by saying, I'm so much better than you, you do not belong in this, you know, you're, you're, you dare to step into the ring with the greatest man who ever lived, all of that kind of stuff. Um, I also want to go back to the interview that the New Age Insiders had with Mike Hollow from Tuesday, and one of the things they talked about was this idea that um, Triple H and NXT are kind of scaling back the move sets and the the talents of these superstars. You know, they mentioned that Kevin Owens is perhaps wrestling at about eighty percent of what he could be doing. He's not breaking out his four fifty splash. He's not breaking out some of his more the package pile driver. Um, you know, Austin Aries finisher has always been a brain buster, and to the best of my knowledge, he's never had the chance to use that move in NXT. So is that part of the problem that Austin Aries can't wrestle to the peak of his abilities because NXT's kind of saying, "Well, let's slow down a bit." Well, I I mean, I'm sure there's plenty of people out there who agree with that uh, premise, but I don't think so. I think if you are a great wrestler, if you are charismatic, if you have a physical charisma, if you're capable of these athletic moves, it doesn't matter if you're told that you can't do a brain buster. You're going to go out there, you're going to find another move that you can do, and your energy is going to come through in whatever moveset it is they're allowing you to do. You're going to tell the story physically, verbally, however, and you're going to engage that audience with the tools that are currently available to you. And, you know, I'm not going to sit here and throw stones at Triple H, NXT, WWE. Some of these moves are scaled back for very good reasons. Um, You have a schedule like they try to keep their talent on, and you want to keep them safe. You want to keep everybody who comes to that ring as safe as possible, despite the fact that this is a potentially dangerous occupation. Um, So I don't begrudge them that. I don't think that doing a brain, bang, a brain buster or not is really going to make or break Austin Aries. Um, as we saw, there are other moves he can do that can be exciting. And maybe he'll stumble for a little bit because, yeah, he's been using the same move set for the last decade, so maybe he's got to think a little bit more about what he's doing. But if you are really, truly talented, I don't think that really poses any sort of problem. For these okay. guys. Well, and, and as we've seen, you know, Kevin Owens, if he is wrestling at 80%, has had a fantastic first year in WWE and is still poised to be Mr. Money in the Bank. So it doesn't seem I to mean, be do you really think a 450 splash? But do you really think a 450 splash makes or breaks you? I mean, look at Justin Gabriel. That guy did 450 splashes all day long. Did that make him some great wrestler? No. It's no. about everything else. But he did It's not about look everything like else Kevin he brings Owens. to the table. Yes. But I will point out that he did not look like Kevin Owens. 
You're only hung up on this because you wish that you could do a 450 splash. How do you know I can't? Touche, sir. Touche. Thank you. Um, I am going to take a moment and do something slightly unusual. Um, I am going to take off the Pope of Positivity mantle, and I am going to take a moment to... I won't even call it a complaint. I am going to be harshly critical about NXT for just a minute. Um, as I said, I calculated grades in the car for these matches, and I overall gave NXT TakeOver the End a B. And the reason for that is the next match on the card, Nia Jax versus Asuka, got Wait, 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 wait. Take the ice cube Before out of your you mouth. Say Take the ice cube out of your mouth and say what you got to say. Before you say that, before you go on and give us your grade, I just, just just go along with what you just said. The show got a B for you. I think I agree with you. I just want to say, the New Age Insiders, you guys are crazy. This All night long, they were saying, this show's an A, an A-, minus, an unsexy A, the, is, I think, the term that Liam used. You cannot give an A to this show with Asuka versus Nia Jax on that card. You just can't. Why? Why did you stop me from saying that to then take it? You you have obstructed me yet again, sir, and I won't stand <laughs> for it. Won't you? Well, I probably will. All right. All right. I gave that match an F, and here's why: it failed. The storyline, the build, all of it failed to keep me interested in such a way that I intentionally did not watch that match. And I love all of the neighborhood, and you can tell me, hey, go watch that match, it's not that bad, go watch that match, it's not that bad. It doesn't matter. The quality of the match, actually, in this instance, does not matter, because the entire build, the idea that Asuka's first major challenger was going to be Nia Jax, who is a I'm sure lovely person with, I'm sure, a delightful singing voice, but is a plodding and slow worker who does not fit the type of wrestler they are asking her to be right now. I didn't care. I didn't care to the point where I said I could watch this or I could go do something else, and I went and did something else. And in my mind, that means you have failed to capture my attention. And so I gave it an F. If I took that out... If you if you take that match out, it is an A show, because the other the other yeah. matches were decent enough. But I you know when you only have five matches on a show and twenty percent of your card is something I really could not care less about, which is even more of a crime because it involves Asuka. I have to well I have to assign the grade based on that and that match and that build and that story failed as far as I am concerned. Come at me if you have a problem with that at DC Matthews NAI. The thing I'm gonna say about that is you know me. I am the president of Asuka Town. I am all about Asuka. She is probably my favorite thing in NXT. She is my favorite women's wrestler in the world today. I did not care about this match last night. Asuka was not capable of doing anything 
to save that matchup. My interest level in that match, and mind you, my interest in one half of the competitors in that match is at 1,056%, okay? But what they put together last night, the storyline they set up, the match they actually had, I could not have cared any less than I did. It it was a complete and utter failure to use the language mm-hmm. that you just used. Mm-hmm. I, I love watching Asuka perform, and there was no point in watching the performance that happened last night. No. I came back right at the tail end. The match had already been over. Um, Nia Jax looked legitimately like she had been kicked in the face. I'm assuming that's how it ended, is she got kicked in the head. She literally looked like she had been knocked out. Um, and again, people said the last two minutes of the match were good, and, and great. That match could have defied all expectations and been uh, a, a, of decent quality. But the everything that led up to that was not. I would have rather seen her fight Alexa Bliss. I would have rather seen her fight Bailey in a rematch. I would have rather seen her fight Carmella in a six-minute, you know one-sided destruction rather than seeing her wrestle Nia Jax. Um, So forgive me if I have offended you. I will now return the Pope of Positivity pork pie hat to the top of my head. Um, Except to say I expected a yellow cage and I am disappointed I didn't get it. Eh. I liked the cage. Did you notice that it felt like all of the camera operators were kneeling on the like kneeling down to make it look like the cage was taller than it actually was? No, I did not notice that. It, it seemed to me, and I think uh, uh, Liam at Liam NAI mentioned this as well on the post show. It felt very much like they were filming up. You know, when the big show makes his entrance, they film up to make him look even more gigantic than he already is. I felt like that was the case. And, you know, I don't mind cages that are particularly small. The cage was probably about 12 feet tall. You know, uh, Samoa Joe and Finn Balor looked like they came up to about the halfway mark of the cage. And again, that's fine. I don't have a problem with that. The cage doesn't need to be super tall um, in order for a cage match to be good. But they they, dif- they definitely seemed like they were shooting it in such a way to make it appear larger than it actually was. Um, it was a decent match. You know, there were some great moments. The The finish was very nice. Muscle Buster from the second rope. Nice way to end oh, it. Oh, yeah. Uh, I enjoyed that it had a definitive Samoa Joe victory. Um, yes, me too. Here's the thing. Sure. Here's the thing I'm going to say. I don't want to take anything away from this match because it was a good match. And, you know, I think a steel cage is the right amount of gimmick for NXT. But I love Samoa Joe. Ten years ago, that dude was probably the best wrestler in the world. When he was hot in TNA, feuding with Kurt Angle when he first came in, like, I thought that Samoa Joe was the bee's knees. And I still think he's a really good wrestler. And Finn Balor, you know, I'm not going to... We have our problems with Finn Balor. I don't think he's particularly interesting. But, you know, he's a solid enough worker. He's had plenty of great matches. I don't feel like any of the matches that we've had between these two competitors, any of this best of four series, has been excellent. None of those matches were showstoppers. Not one of them. Not even the steel cage match last night. It didn't steal the show. The tag team match, for me, was the match of the night. 
Um, it was a good, solid match. I couldn't have asked for anything more. But still, it wasn't anything special. I, I would rank it third of the five matches. You know, uh, the tag team match obviously stole the show. Uh, Nakamura versus Aries, solid number two. I would put it ahead of Dillinger versus uh, Andrade. Um, and again, it was fine. I, I think part of the problem is, you know, kind of like when when you've got a mid-card that includes Shawn Michaels versus Razor Ramon. You know, when, when Shawn Michaels versus Razor Ramon in a ladder match at WrestleMania 10 and your main event is Bret Hart versus Yokozuna, it's not going to work. Um, yeah. You know, and... But... So part of it is is just the fact that the undercard was just beyond belief. Um, I enjoyed their Dallas match better, and that in- includes all of the times the doctors kept stopping the match because Samoa Joe was bleeding. I actually liked I agree that, that I felt like a big that felt like a bigger match. Yes, you know, and again, this match was fine. Take nothing away from it. I would give it a B B minus match. Uh, Finn Balor was a little sling blade happy. He did it at least three times, maybe even four. You're getting into Scott Steiner territory when you do that. Yes, he in every single one of his matches with Samoa Joe has been sling blade happy. I don't know if you've noticed that. Every single one of those, he's hit that move like at least four times. Mm-hmm. Well, and and I think part of it is when you're dealing with a wrestler who is so much bigger. Um, you know, and Finn Balor doesn't have a huge number of power moves in his repertoire, but you've got to take some of the things some of the things out. You know, there's only certain things you can do when you are at probably at least a hundred pounds lighter than your opponent. You're not going to be able to pick him up and throw him around. Um, but it, you know, and again, it was fine. I do not need to see them wrestle again. I am happy with this being the end. Even if they both stay in the company, even if we see Nakamura and Balor switch places, and Finn Balor fights Austin Aries for reasons, and Nakamura fights Samoa Joe, I'm more interested in that, those two matchups, uh, than I am seeing Finn Balor face Samoa Joe again. Yes, sir. Are you more interested in watching Finn Balor versus Austin Aries, or are you more interested in watching Finn Balor go to the main roster to screw up the club angle some more. I am not that... And we, we should, as we hit the 45-minute mark, we should eventually talk about Raw um, at some point. Although we could just make this an NXT show because we do have emails to get to as well. Wrestling at gmail.com um, I, I, I feel bad saying this. And again, the, the Popa Positivity hat is wavering. I don't care what Finn Balor does next. If he goes and wrestles Austin Aries and has two or three really high quality matches, I'm happy. Cool. Great. If he goes to the main roster and feuds with Chris Jericho or feuds with Dean Ambrose or somebody like that, cool. All right. Um, I don't need him to be a major part of my wrestle watching experience. He is a he is a great I seem to be addicted to the word ancillary lately. He is a great ancillary guy. He is a great piece of a bigger picture. I don't want him to be the main attraction of my wrestling. And I think he might actually benefit from having six to eight to twelve months not being the main focus of our wrestle watching. 
give him a chance to develop some more, give him a chance to maybe even turn heel and have that heel character without it having to be the be-all, end-all of our shows, maybe we'll have a different view of Finn Balor six months down the road. Maybe Hideo Itami can finally come back. I'm all for that, although I, I got to tell you, I am loving the idea that Bobby Roode's going to be on my TV again. I, re- I, don't, I don't think I really appreciated how much I liked Bobby Roode until I'm seeing this, and he walks behind Regal into Regal's office, and I'm just like, yes, yes. Bobby Roode is real good, man. He is He's ridiculously real good. good. I liked him as Team Canada, but once he turned heel in TNA, oh, I, there, there are very few wrestlers in the world I enjoy more uh, than Bobby Roode. Uh, the thing I will say about Bobby Roode is, when he turned to the Bobby Roode character in TNA, Robert Roode, if you will, um, I remember looking at him and then sort of looking at you know this guy who was who would go on to become Curtis Axel, Michael McGillicuddy, and sort of looking at them side by side. And obviously, a lot of the Robert Roode character in TNA took a lot of inspiration from I think the Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase. Very much so. But I think it was very much a mixture of the Million Dollar Man and Mister Perfect. And in watching Robert Roode, I could not help but feel that he lived up to that legacy so much more than did Michael McGillicuddy. Oh, um, without unfortunately question. Unfortunately to say. Without question. Um, yeah, that, that, and, and I think that was what made Robert Roode so good, is he blended two of my all-time favorite gimmicks so seamlessly together uh, that I, it, it was quite enjoyable. Um, we, we have three emails, but let's talk relatively briefly uh, about the week in WWE. Um, your thoughts, you know, I, again, I, I don't want to become the negative podcast, but do you, did you take anything out of the Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns promo packages from Raw? No. Nothing. Neither did I. I did not miss not having them on TV live. Mrs. Manson was watching this, and she was like, why are they playing a sympathetic Seth Rollins video when he's acting like a jerk? Like, this is not somebody who knows what the term smart mark is. This is not somebody who... I mean, don't get me wrong, she lives in a smart wrestling household, and she's picked up a few things here and there, but she doesn't really care about that stuff. She tweets at Marty the Moth. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is a person who has a certain degree of childlike glee, naivete, if you will, when it comes to her consumption of the wrestling product. And I love that about her. But even she was like, what are they doing right now? This doesn't make any sense to my brain. Let's turn this off. Couldn't we have watched this on the network? Isn't this that thing that's on the network? I didn't want to watch it then. Why are they making me watch it now? Mm -hmm. And I just couldn't help but be like, man, I love this woman. You know what I mean? I, if Mrs. Manson ever uh, gets a T-shirt, I want it to just say at Mrs. Manson DDT. She tweets at Marty the Moth. That's all the T-shirt ever <laughs> needs to say. <laughs> that kind of sums yeah. up what you're gonna get um, from from that wrestling fan. Uh, 
you know, we could spend probably an entire show talking about the philosophy, um, what WWE seems to be doing with the heel versus face roles, uh, particularly as it relates to Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns, but kind of overall, um, I don't want to do that right now. Uh, suffice to say, I agree with her and you. Um, I don't mind it, though. You know, I, I enjoy the shades of gray that they're kind of doing, and part of it is because I know how popular Seth Rollins is going to become, regardless of what they're trying to do, whatever this is this is going to be in the next few months. Uh, Seth Rollins is going to spend some time being the most popular wrestler uh, WWE has had in a very long time. I don't think there's anything they can do about it, and they seem to be embracing it by playing up the sympathy, his you know the passion, that kind of thing. Um, I, I don't really get it. Uh, I'm still excited for the match at Money in the Bank. I think it will be great, uh, but but I am a little confused by it. Yeah. The only thing I'm going to take um, any sort of umbrage with what you just said is, I don't know that Seth Rollins is going to be great. I think he's going to spend too much of his future injured uh, to reach the levels of greatness mm-hmm. that you foresee. Okay. Well, and, and uh, people, you know, I did not expect... You know, you you made some strong statements about Seth Rollins on last week's show. Um, I expected more people to take you to task, and and maybe some did, but more people seemed to kind of agree with your sentiments a little bit. You know, you are you are a truth teller, sir, and I think I think that's I why I think that's why they enjoy this show is because I, here I am with my rose colored glasses, and then you are the what did I call you the professor of pragmatism. To match my Pope of yes. Positivity. Um, you know, you spoke some hard truths on the brand split, uh, which people seem to identify with. Um, you know, it's it's entirely possible. You know, he's he seems to have bulked up in his absence, um, but he does have the body type that could suggest an injury-riddled career. I hope that is not the case, because I, All am, I am very high on him as a talent, but... I mean, I'm just I'm just saying he had a leg injury and yeah he re- he rehabbed in record time dude's a machine I don't want to take that away from him but in terms of leg injuries like he couldn't possibly have done anything worse to himself like everything exploded at once yeah you know what I mean mm-hmm. and if that's any indication of how his body is going to age then I fear for him. That's all. I would like him to stop doing CrossFit. I know a couple of people who I do... I would also like him to stop doing that. I know a few people who do CrossFit, uh, personally, coworkers and the like. Um, none of them go through it without some sort of random injury that occurred while doing some sort of exercise that doesn't seem to make a whole lot of sense. So, you know, uh, and he does it, it's great, good for him, but that's what I think is going to cause the problem. He's going to wind up re-injuring himself, you know, when he's supposed to be carrying a tire or, you know, walking on a tightrope or for some reason or whatever else they do. There's a lot of... I don't want to judge people who do CrossFit. If it works for you and you're out there, you're doing it fine. Yeah, there's plenty. I've seen plenty of studies that show that the incidence of injury doing CrossFit is no greater than other sorts of workouts. And, you know, that's all well and good. But anecdotally, I think that 
the way, the mentality that is driven in those types of situations, particularly if, I mean, maybe this probably is not the case for Seth Rollins, but if you're in a situation where you're not necessarily the most fit person and you don't necessarily have a trainer who is as up-to-date on things as they should be, I, I think the mentality of drive hard as you can um, while being egged on by these people around you, doing these sorts of non-traditional exercises, I, I think it's... I think, anecdotally, it's a recipe for disaster. And I'm sure there's plenty of people out there who feel very strongly the other way. Um, but, yeah, I don't think... I was in, yeah. I was invited to do CrossFit once by a coworker, um, And I declined because I knew I would pull every muscle and break every bone doing probably the warm-up to whatever the actual activity was. I would be in a body yeah. cast for 12 years if I tried to do CrossFit. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. I feel similarly. AJ Styles and John Cena. That promo. Your thoughts. Yes. Uh, you know, that might be the best promo that AJ Styles has ever given. And that's not to say it was perfect. Um John Cena ran rings around him. I'm not going to sugarcoat it, okay? He did. John Cena ran rings around AJ Styles. But AJ Styles, for him, that was the best promo I have ever heard mm -hmm. him give. Um, I, and I would say that I had that... I had that issue with AJ Styles when he was coming into WWE. I was concerned that he may not be able to hang um, because of his style of talk. But you know what? They gave him the opportunity, and if they're going to give him a chance to grow, which I certainly hope they do, um, you know, if he can, if John Cena can raise AJ Styles' microphone game, then that means great things for the future of AJ Styles. Well, and they're letting him tell the truth. There is there is no easier way to cut a good promo than to be able to go out there and tell the truth. And I firmly believe that AJ Styles has spent much of the last decade wanting to go up to John Cena, shake his hand, and then punch him in the face. Um, I, you know, I, I think there's probably a little bit of legitimacy to that, and I think it showed in that promo. And John Cena proved, and I think they talked about this on um, an NAI pod this week, or perhaps it was even rant with Ant. I've listened to so many podcasts in the wee hours during my last few sleepless nights uh, that it all kind of blurs together. Um, that doctor of thugonomics is just waiting to come out, and at a moment's notice, he can snap his fingers and cut a pretty ridiculously quality promo. Um, so I enjoyed that, and I am very happy, you know, and this comes back to another broad topic, which is the, the purpose of the championship. I'm very okay with John Cena and AJ Styles being the main event feud right now in WWE. It does not have to involve the championship for me. Um, and I think it's because you have these kind of once-in-a-generation matchups uh, that supersede a title. Do you agree? Disagree? Your thoughts? Um, I definitely agree. I'm sure that that's not the least bit because I also don't care about our heavyweight championship uh, mm -hmm. holder at all currently. I'm sure 
Um, I because you know you could make that same argument back when CM Punk was champion, and then I felt as a fan somewhat slighted. I don't know if I feel that way anymore. I, I've sort of soured on CM Punk as a whole since that time. But you know, at the time, I thought that was very odd the way they were treating their champion as not headlining these shows for favor of John Cena. But now that the shoe's on the other foot, um, that's mighty uncomfortable because that's not the right foot for that shoe. But also, you know, um, yeah, I'd, I'd rather see John Cena and AJ Styles all day long because mm-hmm. that's going to be quality matches. Well, and, and I think, again, I'll say Roman Reigns versus Seth Rollins is a match I am excited to watch. But the history, you know, I don't know that there's anything new those two can add to that story right now. Like, the history's been written between those two. Um, And and it seems to me that this is just a placeholder feud for Roman Reigns. Um, I don't think he's had that belt long enough to drop it to Seth Rollins. Um, The the only thing I could... the only thing I could potentially see here, and this is kind of that conspiracy theorist pie in the sky ideas that you've come to expect from DC Matthews at DC Matthews NAI, um, is to see some sort of wonky double finish, which leads us to having two champions. You know, if we're going to get a brand split, most likely we're going to get two champions. Here we have two guys, both of whom could be considered world champion material if there was some sort of double pin or something like that and each has a legitimate claim to the title well now okay fine you're one you're one you're the you know you're the number one draft picks for raw and smackdown and and we go from there um i don't know if you have the email open but we have an, we have an email from jonathan morse who i believe is he the one who began calling me Do Do Matthews? It seems like it. Uh, he has an email that kind of ties along with this. Dear Doc and Do. Oh, Casey, Casey. Do you think back. it's weird that he that WWE hasn't come out with any club merchandise yet? Do you think AJ will be the lead for long? I mean, they came out with a Y2 AJ shirt a week after they started tagging. Keep up the great work, Aunt John. Superman, and that's at John S U P R M N. So thanks for the email. Um, I still don't know what's going on between the club and the Bullet Club and the the rights for the name. Uh, it's also what exactly is what exactly will club merchandise be? You know, I'm still not sure that this is a this is the name that they're going to go with long term. The club, yeah. You know, I I, mean, I I see that, and in my head, I picture a turkey sandwich with bacon. That's what the club uh, means to me, and it's delicious. Delicious. It's delicious. Um, do I think AJ will be at the lead for long? Yeah. And it goes back to what we talked about with Finn Balor earlier. I don't think Finn Balor is going to come up and take over. So who else is going to lead the club but AJ Styles? And you know, I, yeah. If if they're going to continue to be heels. Let them be heels together. Let them be a trio for a year. You know, we don't need to see... Every stable does not need to break up like the Shield did. You can have stables that and just even still, to the exist. Shield, the Shield was together for a very long time. A couple of years, I would think, right? I mean... Yeah. Two? 2012, three, two 2012 to 
I think they broke up in 2014, so like two two years. Okay, that was still, that's mean, a still a good you know, long run. Yeah, I think everybody's just expecting Finn Balor to come and muck up this club thing because you know he's the Balor Club. He's got merch that says that. Um, so if you want to talk about clubs in WWE products. Um, it just the club doesn't seem like a complete name. It seems like they're just waiting for that opportunity to have the club up on the Titan Tron, and then the villains come out and drop the curtain, and suddenly, oh, that big black space where it just said nothing next to the club, and suddenly, oh, there, there was a Balor hiding behind that. I, I don't know, some sort of. Uh, I, I would love to see that. I don't want to see that right now. Uh, I don't want to see that right now. But I would love to see that if that's the way they bring in Finn Balor. The, the villains randomly join the club. That'd be fantastic. Go for yeah, it. Yeah, I guess so. But you know what I'm saying. I do know I what just, you're saying. I, I do know what you're saying. I don't think it's clever. I don't think that's clever right now. Um, and it, it, it just... It, it, there's just so much going around this club angle that I can't now just enjoy the angle that they're telling because this idiot is on Twitter teasing constantly that he's possibly going up to the main I honestly think that he has detracted not only from himself I'm talking about Finn Balor here he's detracted from himself I no longer care about anything he has to say because I know he's just been teasing on and yeah someday eventually yeah he will go up to the main roster and say I told you so told you a stop clock is right twice a day doesn't make it interesting to watch the entire time um and that's the same case here and not only has he detracted from himself I'm no longer interested on whether or not he makes it to the main roster he also is ruining my ability to embrace what the club is doing on the main roster and just invest in it because I have to keep in the back of my head oh is Finn Balor actually coming now is there are they really going to fill in the blank and make it the Balor club because as you keep saying we I'm not convinced that this is the name I'm not convinced that this is long term but at the same time what are they going to do have him come up and be there alongside AJ Styles AJ Styles who okay yeah he's not the heavyweight champion but I don't think AJ Styles at this point is just going to take a back seat to Finn Balor coming in and feuding with Roman Reigns for that championship. I mean, arguably, as you just said, feuding with John Cena is a bigger program than feuding with the heavyweight champion anyways. I, I don't... There's no... There's no level of, you know, power hierarchy that makes any sense for him to step into that angle, and yet I constantly have to think about it because the entire club thing, to, at, to some level, just feels half-baked. Like, I, I don't... It's very frustrating. It's extremely frustrating. DC, I gotta cool down. What are your thoughts? Um, I liked seeing Teddy Long. It was nice to see him again. <laughs> there's, there's, Don't get me started on Teddy Long. There's nothing, Don't get me started there's on There's nothing Teddy I can say that does anything to add to that beautiful beautiful rant that involved you hitting your microphone on multiple occasions. Um, so I'm just going to move on and, and, and gloat a bit because I loved most of that opening segment from Raw with the six guys on the ladders. And you had disagreed with me originally until we talked on Twitter and I mentioned the idea that this seemed like a very organic promo that the talents on those ladders were able to come up with themselves. I don't think there was a whole lot of scripted stuff going on there with Chris Jericho claiming he won money in the bank in the town of Apple 
Um, and it was either his first or sixth one, and them going back and forth, and Kevin Owens interrupting Lillian Garcia and all of that. It was organic. That's the kind of promo that lots of people have been begging for in WWE. They're tired of the scripted stuff. They're tired of the taglines. Not good guy, not bad guy, but the guy. I have to say that at least once every show, legally. Um, But, you know, that's what we're looking for. And it sounded like you came around to appreciating that promo because of what seemed to be the honesty and legitimacy of it. Uh, No, not really. (laughs) But what I appreciated... What I appreciated about it is this idea of putting more control back with the performers. Mm-hmm. You're right. That is something that we've been talking about for a long time, being tired of the scripted stuff. But honestly, even that I sort of struggle with. Because while I do agree with that in theory, when I really think about that promo and how meandering parts of it were, um, to some degree I have to say, give me the scripted stuff. At least they keep on task. I mean, there was a part, I think, when everybody was going around one at a time, getting their piece in. And then it got to Cesaro, and Cesaro like said about three words before... I don't remember who it was. It was maybe Chris Jericho or The Miz. I, somebody just railroaded him and wouldn't let him talk. And I was just like, okay. Yeah. I would actually like to hear what Cesaro has to say. Mm-hmm. So if you could just shut the hell up and get over yourself for a moment um, and just let this actually breathe and let everybody actually get a word in edgewise, which I know is something that I have a problem doing on this podcast as well. But, you know, f- to some degree, that does bother me about what transpired. That said, it led to some great moments, and that is exactly why I'm in favor of having more freedom. The Apple thing was hilarious. Um I, so I'm I'm torn on this. Well, and I and I think what they had to do there was, you know, I was people were, you know, uh, applauding the fact that I was able to predict exactly which of those wrestlers were going to go up against each other um, on Raw, the three matches: Cesaro, Jericho, Zayn, Del Rio, and Ambrose Owens. But if you watched and listened, the guy who railroaded Cesaro was Chris Jericho. The two of them were going back and forth at each other. Uh, Sami Zayn and Del Rio, Del Rio was making fun of his paperboy hat or whatever else that was. The two of them, you know, if you watch with a with a critical eye and you observe what happens, that's where the predictions, some of them, come from. The others are just, I just predict everything, so I'm right. Like you said, stop clock, right, twice a day. Um, but you were able to see that. And so I think they had to get to a place where it made sense for those matches to happen. So, you know, I didn't mind that as much, and especially since I love Cesaro, one of the best in-ring workers I've ever seen, um, but his mic skills are not his strength, and so what you need to do is you need to have him have that hidden by letting Chris Jericho kind of take one over on him, because Chris Jericho is one of the great talkers of our generation. Um, I don't want to anger you, by talking too much about Teddy Long, but I did kind of like seeing him come out, and I, I I love Teddy Long. I liked watching Teddy Long. I thought Teddy Long was great. Ah, I see where we're going here. And then, do you see where we're going here? And then she came out and ruined it for you. Is what you're saying? She sure did. Stephanie <laughs> McMahon is. 
I think maybe Brandon Mack might have tweeted this at me. Stephanie is my kryptonite. I can't stand this woman, and I don't understand for what they're doing with her. This fake, overly sincere face character, this this no-rhythm woman dancing on my screen as though she's a sympathetic character with zero charisma... And then suddenly she's backstage chastising Teddy Long, who the crowd is into, as though like the crowd doesn't know because she's not doing it in front of them. She's just doing it backstage on camera in front of the Titantron. Suddenly she's acting like a nasty heel again. Like, her character makes no sense whatsoever. Her acting skills are atrocious. And I don't want to watch her at all. Where the heck is Shane McMahon? That was just insult to injury. The one thing that I like about the authority figures on that show, oh, turns out, hey, yeah, I've got a company that I have to provide advice to back in China, so I guess I can't keep going around with Daddy's company. Uh, I guess I better go. I don't know if we've seen the last of Shane McMahon or not, but, you know, he's got other responsibilities as far as I know in his life, and that's probably just a sign of things to come. Meanwhile, Stephanie McMahon, she's got an autobiography coming out. They want to make sure that sells at the newsstand, so I guess we have to make her a sympathetic character to some degree, but what are you what what are you doing? I, nothing about it makes any sense, and now I'm just going in circles because I'm going to talk about what a bad performer she is again. DC! DC! You gotta railroad me right now because I'm losing the thread. So here's the thing, <sighs> folks. I know you love when we do Inside Baseball. Um, We are in the process of coming up with some ideas for an NAI NAI network exclusive show. Right now, we release our DDT Wrestling on Fridays on our own feed, and then it's posted on Saturday um, on the NAI network, And which makes sense. You don't want to double dip, and it kind of cuts into uh, the the listens for both. Um, so I, I've been in conversations with Jason Maltoff, the New Age Insider himself, though I suppose all three make up the New Age Insiders, but he's the one that owns the Twitter account. Um, and we've been going back and forth on ideas for... Uh, a network-exclusive show hosted by Doc Manson and myself, but it'll be something different than what you get from DDT Wrestling on a weekly basis. Um, We've had a bunch of ideas that have kind of run the gamut, and we're still in the process to the point where I think we should probably put that off a week so we actually come up with a good idea, because right now the idea we have is kind of we're coming up with on the fly. Um, I think we've just stumbled onto what the idea needs to be. I bring up a topic... You start going. I go get a snack. I come back. I look at you. You're still ranting. I go to the bathroom. Um, you know, I go outside and smell the flowers. No. And then I come back in. No, then I come back in. And I, I mean this sincerely because what is going to make this, you know, and then I, I just, I bring up another subject that you're not going to like. And then I go away again. And I'm not saying this in a bad way. This would be podcast gold. And it's just, <laughs> I set them up, and you knock them down. <laughs> uh, I mean, the only thing I can say with that is I think we might be, um, you know, heading towards gimmick infringement. There's already a show called uh, Rant with Ant on the NAI Network, so I'm not sure that a show about rants is really going I suppose to that's uh, true. be the most original piece of... Uh, though, know, though he, you know, if you listen to content. his show, he does... If you listen to his show, he does the good, the bad, and the ugly... Um, from each week. All I'm talking about is I'm going to bring up uh, 
just what, you know, this is what Stephanie McMahon did this week. This is what she tweeted. This is what she said. This is how she danced. And then we listened to Doc talk about it for a while. Uh, because, you know, I there are wrestlers that I dislike. I'm not a fan of Ryback. Um, I think Cheeseburger is dumb. Dumb. Um, but there's nobody that causes me to have such vitriolic anger than um, Stephanie McMahon does to you. We have to harness that power. We have to use it <laughs> for good. Um, we have two more emails to get to, and then we need to preach some positivity because this has not been our usual positivity show. Um, and then uh, we'll head on out into that good night. And, and again, I do think let's. this will be the last week that DDT Wrestling appears on both uh, NAI Network and our own feed and next week we will have the first ever DDT NAI Network exclusive. Maybe it'll have its own title. It'll be a completely different thing. It's not going to be us just talking about one specific topic. You know us well enough to know that never works. We can't just talk about one thing. Um, we've got some ideas. I I'm, will say we've been staying on topic pretty well. I don't think we've talked about anything but wrestling. That's true. Man, how do you eat corn on the cob? Do you do the um, typewriter style? With my mouth? But do you do the typewriter style where you do try to do like one line at a time? Is it just piecemeal? I say this because I've eaten probably eight ears of corn in the last three days. Um, wow, I can only imagine what that experience must be like for you on the other end. Not pretty. Uh-huh. Not pretty. Uh-huh. Uh, I eat it uh, typewriter style, I suppose. Mm -hmm. um, but, how about yourself? Uh, I tend to go for, I, I, I guess I would call it beaver style, where I, I start at one end and I go all the way around, and then I kind of move over and go all the way around. So kind of like a beaver uh -huh. kind of okay. moves the, the circumference of a tree. Um, I see, I see. So uh, butter and salt. Well, what, what, are, what are your condiments of choice? Uh, I, I like butter. And and salt is good. Um, I, I don't know what else you would put on it. I suppose is there something else you can put on it? I, I've seen people who yes, I've seen people who like roast it with you know queso fresco. Um, that that's never worked for me. But uh, what one thing that I do like to do occasionally, um, I haven't done it in years because I don't actually own a grill currently. But you, you you can grill corn on the cob as opposed to boiling it. You just wrap it up in some tin foil, stick it on a grill on the top rack, indirect heat. And that's delicious by itself. But the other thing you can do is you can also sprinkle in um, some sugar in there and then put it onto the grill. And so it sort of gets like a nice almost, um, you know, uh, kettle corn type sort of oh, sweetness to it. Uh, it's delicious as well. I believe, um, I believe um, it is someone that we both know uh, who shall remain nameless because she's not in your life anymore. Um, but when, when she mm -hmm. used to make corn um, would put sugar and salt in the boiling water I believe she was the only person I know who did that huh. someone who may or not someone who may or may not have lived in the same uh, apartment that we lived in once upon a time yeah I think I know who you're talking about yeah that's but. fine there's been there's been many of them yeah Mrs. Manson will listen to this part All of right. the show I'm sure um yeah, um, I, well, and, and I mean, one thing I will say in terms of you can you can wrap it in foil and bake it in the oven. I've done that before. And it, well, the thing I was going to say is that I have an answer for traditional corn on the cob, though. 
Uh, I don't put anything on it, actually. No butter, no salt. And I would challenge you to try it someday. Because I think people get all... People get hung up on the butter. They get hung up on the salt. But if you just take a moment, scale back... And don't get me wrong, it's got to be a good piece of corn. But if you have a good piece of sweet corn that's very flavorful in and of itself, it is so delicious to just go to town on that thing without any butter any salt it's it, it's just it's so good i recommend it that's my my favorite way to have corn on the cob is just straight up all right uh we have two more emails uh one of them comes from um a, a bestie of ours who might not be a bestie anymore because i misinterpreted one of his tweets uh and i thought he wanted nia Jax to powerbomb me and that was awkward but <laughs> um you know it occurs to me that it's the 9th of june and we still probably don't have a bestie of the month for June on our website. I, I'm not going to lie. I haven't been to that website in a very long time. And I feel bad because you put hours and hours of work into it. But I think we learned fairly quickly uh, that no one reads articles and people use Twitter. And it kind of, you know, should we try to salvage it? Should that be a summer project to try to salvage ddtpod.com? We don't even really mention it on the podcast anymore. I don't know. I don't know. All right. Something to think about. Well, and this- Hey, guys. Only a few questions for your pondering this week. One, do you guys think having a four-way for the tag titles at Money the Bank is a good way to get the belts off New Day? I think so. Hopefully, Enzo and Cass win. Two, since the revival of the first two type champs of any kind, do you think that cements NXT as its own brand? I'm happy it's not following the typical formula anymore. Hope Oscar is doing great. Your bestie, Nate. Can we get an Oscar update? I know he fell asleep during the women's title match last night. Oh yeah, he was he was not pleased by that performance. Um, he is doing very well. He uh, had a tooth out last week. Um, he was real dopey for a couple of days. Um, you know, they sewed him up though, and uh, the painkillers and anti-inflammatories did wonders for him, and he's finally through his course of medication and he seems to be no worse for wear. Happy-go-lucky and being a little brat uh, all over again. So, uh, yeah, he's doing very well. Thank you for the concern from everybody out there in the neighborhood. Oscar, yes, is on the mend, All right. doing well. Well, we talked about question two, so let's focus on question one, because we are going to get a Fatal 4-Way. Uh, New Day, The Club, Enzo and Cass, and The Vaudevillains. A Teddy Long special idea that Stephanie McMahon took credit for. I'm sure you loved seeing that. So Stephanie McMahon. Oh, <clears throat> he just rolled his eyes. The rage is past, folks. I, the rage is past. I, I got, I got nothing. To uh, I, I do think this is the ideal way to get the belts off of New Day because you know we've been talking. You actually said this probably before I did. I think you got me to come round on this idea. Um, I don't want New Day to break up. You do. I don't. But I don't think they're doing anything for the tag division anymore. Uh, I think it's time to get new champions. I think it's time to get them out. I think there's more New Day can do. Um, as a three-man group trying to win a title and hold it as a three-man group. I think there's some interesting things that could happen there. I'd love to see New Day be trying to figure out which guy can take the belt off of Rusev in some sort of weird sense there. Um, you know, I think the belts wind up going to Gallows and Anderson. 
Uh, I think so too. You know, I, I'd love to see Enzo and Cass win, but I, I don't think it's time yet. So I think yeah. the club it kind of makes sense. That's probably going to wind up being my prediction for next week's show. Um, is they're going to win the tag titles? So I think that's a pretty safe prediction at this yeah. time. Uh, but it is a good way to get the belts off New Day and keep New Day absolutely looking good. Uh, the last email comes from uh, my nemesis Chris at C mm. underscore Hawk nineteen ninety four. I believe. Yeah, I, I think it's safe to say he is my nemesis, which is fine. Um, I've never had a nemesis before, so it's kind of nice. Um, and he basically just asks, how long does So Moa Joe, So Moa Joe, how long does So Moa Joe uh, hold the NXT title? Your thoughts? Um, I mean, until he loses it. There you have it, folks. <laughs> um I could I see know. I could see Nakamura winning it, but we have I don't remember you know the last guy to hold that title for a real long time was Bo Dallas, um, and that was what I don't know I, I feel like Neville had a long run. well and I suppose Finn Balor held it for two hundred some odd days the, the yeah. last time a heel has held that title okay. for a very long time um, and you know we I don't think it's the end of the world to have a heel Samoa Joe holding that belt for months. You know, and again, it mm. depends on what's going on with the draft. If Nakamura could get drafted to Raw or SmackDown, there's no reason for him to win the title. If they're going to stick around, maybe they trade the belt back and forth a couple of times. Maybe Samoa Joe becomes your first two-time NXT champion uh, in some form or fashion. So, you know, I, I would like him to continue holding the belt. I am more invested in Samoa Joe now that he's champion uh, than back when he wasn't champion. So that's a good thing. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I think Samoa Joe sort of suffers from the same condition as does Austin Aries. Um, I don't... I mean, I love Samoa Joe. He's a great wrestler, but I'm trying to think of anything that he's done in NXT where I was like, oh, yeah, that is it. Well, that his, is, like, the defining moment. His feud with Kevin Owens never got off the ground because Kevin Owens got called up. Correct. Um and, you know, the Samoa Joe that I remember really liking in TNA was the guy who somebody would try an aerial move and he would literally just walk sideways and the guy would miss. You know, that kind yes. of, I'm so much better than you that I'm not even going to act like I have to try to counter what you're doing. I'm just going to do it. I want that guy. And I think a heel champion Samoa Joe could do it. Oh, man. There are s'mores, and that's those are chocolate graham crackers. If I'm yes, correct. they are chocolate are graham correct. cracker s'mores. Mrs. Manson, the ghost of the DDT podcast, she delivers scary wrestling ghosts. Um, all right, well, and I think that should mm. signal here. Now, besides your love of oh, cake, okay, I'm obviously going to vamp because there's marshmallow all over your face. <laughs> <laughs> um, my my positivity I will actually promote some positivity first um, and it's not going to be the tag title match of NXT TakeOver though that was fantastic it's going to be another tag team and if you know me you know where I'm going with this uh, Tyler Breeze and Fandango have matching vests and I marked out so hard for that it's not even funny um you know who else marked out for the matching vests? Mrs. Manson. 
Yep. Yeah, she and uh, Lost in Stereo Liz are going to do a fashion podcast, apparently. But I, I just thought that was great. I thought it was great that they're, they look like a tag team. The you know, uh, While I was slightly uncomfortable um, that Fantang- Fandango was getting his back shaved by Tyler Breeze, it makes perfect sense gross. for the character. Those promos are fantastic. Arrow Gigantic was hilarious. You know, I don't know that I'd ever heard Fandango speak before this since I missed a lot of his, <laughs> you know, earlier stuff. So he was just... I just like how they went full Zoolander with their characters. I, it's fantastic. And, and I maintain, I maintain my prediction that they are going to win Tag Team Gold at some point. And if we get dual brands with two Tag Team titles, it just makes it even easier for it to happen. But um, this is this is easily one of my favorite parts of wrestling right now, is watching what is happening with those two. Uh, so that is my positivity. Besides your chocolate graham cracker s'more, sir, what is your positivity for this week? Um, my positive for this week is related to the opening promo from Raw. I know I have a couple harsh things to say, mm-hmm. but ultimately that promo has given us the greatest like wrestling-related thing that one can possibly imagine. Do you know what I'm talking about? On Twitter, I'm guessing there is a picture I'm going guessing it's around. Chris Jericho's cross leg arms pose. outstretched. There's a there's a picture on Twitter. Chris Jericho arms outstretched, and on his arms are about eight to a dozen smaller Chris Jerichos sitting cross legged upon him. I don't know who put together this Photoshop. But that segment with the cross-legged Jericho on top of that ladder has given us this magical goodness that will now be part of the internet for all time. So that, good sir, is... Mm -hmm. I wish it was a a gif of some kind, but I will take the stationary image. It is that good. Well, and what I saw it's had, the gift of Jericho keeps on giving. And that's what yeah. that's what it you know turned into a meme um, kind of thing. Uh, that was pretty good. I did enjoy that. I saw that today for the first time. Uh, all right, there, folks. Well, with that said, we are DDT Wrestling. I am DC Matthews at DC Matthews NAI. I am joined as always by the Stephanie McMahon hating but s'mores loving Doc Manson at Doc mm, Manson. Uh, please send us emails at DDT or not at DDT DDT Wrestling at gmail.com <laughs> uh, You can head to our website DDTPod.com. Let us know if we should be doing something to make this website a place where even we want to go. Um, so uh, that's about it. Like I said, this will be our last uh, dual show that shows up both on uh, DDT Wrestling Feed on iTunes. Please subscribe. Sorry, Jason. Please subscribe. I think he'll understand. He wouldn't want us to do a show that was anything less than our best. Um, next week, we will have something new for you. Wait. Are you implying that I'm supposed to be trying over here? Uh-oh. I'm sorry. I heard those rants. You're trying. Don't even deny it. <laughs> All right there, Doc Manson. Is there anything you would like to say before we head out into that good night? I wish I had some more s'mores. Well, you can go get them, I'm sure. I might go get some corn on the cob. All right. We are DDT Wrestling, and we will see you around the neighborhood.